Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Thursday evening live edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast taking a look at the day's top stories. And once again, it's going to be myself and uh, reporter David Lepkowitz as soon as uh, we uh, let him in. And actually, I just realized that I was not allowing uh, my uh, live broadcast to accept callers. So I needed David in on the conversation. So we'll just in. Um, but we will uh, begin by uh, talking about our uh, top story, and David is now just joining us uh, on, on the live feed. We're going to talk about our, our top story first, David, and uh, this is a, a strange story out of, uh, and, and really a sad story, tragic story, mm-hmm. out of uh, both um, Chesterfield and upstate New York and northern Virginia where there yes. was this, where this, where there was an officer-involved shooting in, um, in uh, Northern Virginia, in Prince William County, this occurred mm-hmm. after a police chase that began in Fairfax County, um, and actually, it turns out this is all tied to an abduction out of Ithaca, New York. So, I mean, if, right. if you could follow along, it's it's quite complex. <laughs> yes, very, very. The long story short, what happened was there was a woman who, a 34-year-old woman who was taken against her will in Ithaca, New York, um, apparently, as as we're now learning, by a man whom she had a relationship with, had a child with, um, mm. and was kidnapped out of uh, Ithaca, New York. And as state police in Fairfax were running the plates on a, on a Jeep that they had uh, located, found out this Jeep not only had illegal plates, basically plates that didn't belong to to, to mm-hmm. that vehicle, they also found out that um, this was tied to the, the alleged abduction up in Ithaca. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. get ready to arrest the guy. Uh, the Jeep takes off. There is two crashes, actually, along the trip. One where the car stayed on the interstate, the second one where they crashed in the woods in Prince William County. Then as oh. they approach the vehicle... They are shot at the suspect uh, who is from <coughs> North Chesterfield and has been identified as uh, Michael Davis. Um, and mm. let me make sure that I did get that name correct. Um, it's uh, Michael Davis out of uh, North Chesterfield. He is mm-hmm. wounded, has life-threatening injuries, and the woman, unfortunately, um, is, is dies on the scene. Um, New, New York State Police say she had a gunshot wound um, we don't know how she got that gunshot wound. Uh, state police had just said that Virginia State Police had just said she had died on the scene. New York State Police said uh, she died with a gunshot wound, and now charges are pending. But a, a very, very complex and and tragic case. Uh, yes. Wow. And and le- and let me tell you, this occurred last night at nine o'clock. Um, I do know earlier this morning. Uh, they were still having it down to uh, down a lane on 95 southbound in Prince William. 
because uh, they were still dealing with the crime scene this morning. And I know that because I had people driving in the opposite direction <laughs> heading up to the yes. <laughs> So uh, again, it was, it was, um, was uh, a scene for a long time on 95 and created issues on 95 for, for much of the overnight uh, because mm-hmm. of the crimes. Moving on from that, we haven't seen them yet, but you talked to NBC 12. Uh, we could be looking at a severe storm threat this evening. Yes. So uh, from uh, around 3 p.m. to around 10 p.m., we are at now a level two risk. We were at level one yesterday, but this morning they bumped it up to two of some severe weather. Um, now, all the difference between level one and level two, uh, that difference is just that now we are more likely to experience severe weather. Not that the weather is necessarily going to be more severe, um, but uh, the things to look out for on top of uh, just you know lightning and rain, heavy rain, is um, potential hail and some potentially strong winds. Um, and again, that's going to be sort of scattered uh activity in terms of the severity uh between three and ten but uh likely we'll see some of that uh and then some heavy rain continuing uh after 10 p.m and on and off basically until sunday so understood and uh like you said did they give you an exact timeline, roughly when it's supposed to hit? Or I know that's going to sort of date it for the podcast, but have they given you uh, a good indication of when this lightning is coming through? Because we are seeing some storms out to the west as we're recording right now at four thirty. Yes, uh, they weren't really getting more specific than three o'clock between three o'clock and ten o'clock. Now I do know that what we're going to be getting is that same system that they're getting out west right now. So. Uh, we're just getting a weaker version of that. So, uh, you know, you can kind of keep an eye on it and see how quickly it's approaching. Um, but at when I talked to them, at least, which was earlier this afternoon, they just said sort of ex- expect, uh, be on your toes between that period just to make sure you're safe or, you know, don't make plans outside uh, during that period, that sort of thing. And, and if it requires it, uh, you know, I will I will get on the app live and, and provide updates uh, if, if it becomes necessary. So listeners, you can you can uh, look out for that if that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll make sure we update stuff online uh, as well. Moving on from that, you talked to uh, someone with the Virginia Farm Bureau today about inflation, especially food inflation and grocery inflation. Um, what did they have to say in regards to whether or not we're going to see prices, if not come down, at least not go up as bad? Yeah, so it, it was a real sort of good news, bad news with the Farm Bureau. Uh, the the good news or the bad news being that the prices aren't expected to come down anytime soon. Um, but the good news being that, um, you know, they're not going to be rising as sharply as they did last year. Because if you look at the numbers uh, between February 22 and February 23 of where the prices of pretty, you know, regular household groceries are. It's a stark difference. Um, I mean, I know eggs is sort of the one that's been in the national spotlight. Um, and, uh, in the last 12 months, uh, the price of eggs has gone up over 55%, um, which is pretty startling. And so, uh, and that's the case for all groceries produce as well. Produce was more driven by, uh, essentially, um, 
there was some pretty nasty weather in the early part of 22 that sort of messed things up for the rest of the year's produce prices. Uh, we had a much more favorable beginning to 2023, so produce prices will likely uh, rise a little bit because of those just inflationary factors, but not nearly so much. The other thing is um, nationwide and here in Virginia, we've been dealing with this uh, very active avian flu outbreak uh, among uh, egg-laying chickens and other poultry birds. Um, and not only does did that drive up the price of uh, eggs and you know meat poultry, but then because as a result other meats were in higher demand and the supply remained the same, the price of those meats came up too. So uh, according to the Farm Bureau, we've kind of got a handle on the avian flu now, at least better than we did, um, which will not only drive uh, or at the very least put some downward pressure on egg and uh, poultry prices, but as a result, meat, the pork and the beef is going to be in a lower demand, so hopefully the price should, if not drop, then at least slow down. Uh, we're not expecting to see major drops, apparently just because you know, energy and labor costs have gone up. So, you know, not going to price, but it'll slow down. Plus, plus, once you get used to play, paying a higher price, prices come down always slower than they go up. <laughs> exactly. Just, just look and, at gas. Just, just look at gas prices. Exactly. And I, I even, I, I asked why, you know, I know it, like this avian flu has been the thing that has sort of been driving the headlines with, egg and poultry with egg prices specifically um and i asked is it just truly that we have less eggs on the market and as a result they're more expensive um because you know nationally and this was uh you know a pretty major national headline maybe not a major national headline but this was a national headline a few weeks ago that um the major sort of egg uh producing companies had you know really high profits despite the um the the bump the scarcity leading to the bump in egg prices um it's apparently the volatility of of the eggs that is driving that price not necessarily that we have less eggs so hopefully now that it's going to be less volatile the price will slow down in its rise considerably and, and i will tell you i've uh, you know I, I buy eggs fairly regularly i wouldn't say every week but uh the prices do seem to have normalized a little bit. There was there was a point yes. where, where where it was it was like seven uh, seven bucks for 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 eighteen, and I'm like, good lord. Um, yeah, I used to eat a lot of eggs because it was cheap, but now it's not even the cheapest way to get protein. So <laughs> at that point, you're 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 buying. Uh, uh, I can't believe it's not egg or something. You know. <laughs> yes, just egg. Just egg. Yeah, exactly. Um, Moving on from that final story that we worked on uh, today, I spoke to the former head of the Richmond FBI, um, talking to him about, of course, and we've done this story multiple times, the potential for the FBI headquarters uh, coming to Springfield. Um, and he's, he said, you know, if, if I was head of the FBI, um, you know, obviously still in Richmond, this, you know, if I was still head of the Richmond FBI, I obviously would want it in Springfield. He says he knew that he had better outcomes as uh, Richmond division chief because he could just go up 95 and 395 into DC as compared to mm -hmm. field offices where they had to fly into DC or, you know, drive longer distances. He says, if he's sticking to Maryland, that's going to cut down on that because, Hey, if you've driven North 
and driven on the Beltway, you're running into traffic a decent amount, especially if, if you're heading over the Woodrow Wilson Bridge into Maryland or or even going going around the other loop as well. Um, because that's gonna that would create issues for for the Richmond Field Office. Um, he said, and, and honestly, you know, he, he spent a lot of time in D.C. He knows a lot of the FBI personnel lives in Northern Virginia. He thinks it's better off being in Northern Virginia. Now, disclaimer, mm-hmm. I mean, he lives in Virginia. He lives here in Richmond. I mean, like everyone, like everyone in Virginia, he'd rather have the headquarters in Virginia than Maryland. But, you know, he says that, you know, as a former field agent, it'd be better for the Richmond uh, well, former field division mm-hmm. head. It'd be better off for, for to have it in Springfield uh, for the Richmond office. Not surprising, but it's 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 different when you hear it from uh, from an actual FBI uh, agent than when you hear it from a politician or from us saying that it'd be better off. In yeah. Pittsburgh. So no no clue when a decision is going to be made. And one thing I didn't consider, besides the fact that the Jagger Hoover Building in downtown D.C. is falling apart, he said the technology in the building is bad and they really just need new headquarters to, to upgrade all their technology. Anyone who's worked mm-hmm. in a building with bad technology, you know, you much rather have like, you know, better high speed lines than wires strung all over the place. So Yes, for sure. So again, this has been the, the Thursday live edition of its news uh, to us. Obviously, as we're moving forward, people, if you want to ask us questions, chat, uh, send us chat messages if you're listening in, please feel free to do so. Um, you know, we want to use this as, as an interactive way and, and uh, you know, answer questions that you may have about the day's news or things that we're covering or not covering. So, uh, you know, we'll see what we can do with that uh, in the future. So for mm-hmm. uh, reporter David Lefkowitz, I'm News Director Matt Dumline. We'll talk to you on Friday. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 